0: Welcome to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church in Harvest, Alabama. We invite you into our sanctuary as we dive into God's Word with our pastor, Dr. Al Perringer. And so today we want to look in Psalm 37. I'll read verses 23 through 26 here in just a little bit. God is good, but the problem is not everyone believes that. Not everyone believes in God, period, but not everyone believes that God is good there are opposing worldviews out there some who say there is no god others that say you know god they they, if you want to say have a perverted god they pervert the concept of god against that which scripture gives and so there's these beliefs that they have that are not compatible with christianity but sometimes what happens is we as christians we take these beliefs from these false worldviews, and we start integrating them into our own belief, and we live like those things are true as opposed to what the Bible says is true. And that just moves us farther away from God and kind of messes up our, our thinking and things like that. So, let me give you an example. There's the example of deism. Deism admits that there is a God. They say there is a God, but this, they say that, okay, so God, He created the universe but then he just kind of wiped his hands of the whole thing. He just kind of admired his handiwork and then had absolutely nothing else to do with his creation. Their view of God is that God got the ball rolling and then just kind of told creation, good luck. Be good. I hope you're good on your own. See you later. I mean, that's really what their idea of God. You know, I wish you well, but eh, you're on your own. Now, you know, so it takes on different forms, some of the more extreme versions of deism. You know, they they view God as an absentee father who's abandoned us, who's not interested in us. Some will turn this view into an excuse for an immoral lifestyle, believing that, well, God wants nothing to do with us, we want nothing to do with him, since he really doesn't care what's going on on the earth, we can live however we want. Let's party. Woo! That's deism. And various forms of deism. Now, no church-going, Bible-believing, living-in-the-South Bible Belt Christian would ever admit wanting to have anything to do with that worldview. Yet how many church-going, Bible-believing, living-in-the-Bible Belt South Christians live that out in their thoughts and in their daily lives? Now, what do I mean by that? Well, we... Bible-believing, in the South Bible Belt, Christians, we know the right answers to give. So we might not admit this, but we might have similar feelings and ideas about God that the deists have. And so Christians who take this on think that God is distant and cold and generally couldn't care less about us or anything else. They think that God has brought them into the world and then just abandoned them as if God said, okay, you're saved now. Now you go out and be good Christian girls and good Christian boys. Try not to get into any trouble while I'm away. And then leaves. That's how deism creeps in to Christianity. I mean, that's just one of probably a million examples that that, that could be given God doesn't care, God is cold, God abandoned us, God left us, and so much more. That is not the God of the Bible. Our God is good. The Bible tells us that God so wanted a relationship with us that he sent his son so that our sin problem, which does does separate us from him, our sin problem could be taken care of so then we could have a relationship with him and walk with him through this thing called life. The Bible says that God will not abandon us. And yet how many of us have abandoned him with our faulty beliefs? Today is a day of celebrating the fact that God does care. He does love us he does do good in our lives that does not mean that bad things won't happen but ultimately everything will turn out for good and so what i want us to take away from today is that we can trust god to be faithful in walking with us down this path that he has set before us through jesus christ for the believer So we can cast off our faulty beliefs, all our faulty ideas about God, and we can trust Him and find Him faithful. Our God is faithful. Let's read these few verses in Psalm 37. If you'll stand in reverence to the reading of God's holy word as I read these verses. David wrote this. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that we would just get out of our own heads and our own pride and truly see you work good and see the good that you have worked in our lives and count our many blessings day by day and we ask this in jesus name amen thank you you may be seated these verses tell us about a god who is faithful we are familiar with the song great is thy faithfulness now that song pulls its concepts and verses uh, from the book of Lamentations, which if you know anything about Lamentations, it's a sad poem written by Jeremiah that he wrote after the destruction of Jerusalem. I mean, all sorts of problems and disasters had come down upon the Israelites as a people and really had come down on Jeremiah personally. And yet, Jeremiah says in the midst of this catastrophe, great is God's faithfulness his mercies are new every day and the psalm we read talks about aspects of this faithfulness and I want us just to take this and use it as a reminder of what God is doing in our lives as we celebrate this purple sunday so first the first lesson I guess we want to take from this the first point is that we see that God steadies our feet for the journey. God steadies our feet. You know, for those of you who don't know me very well, I, I grew up, I was born and raised in Wisconsin, but I'm here in the promised land now, so it's all good. And when you, th- when you hear Wisconsin, what's the fir- other than the Packers, what, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, cheese, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Oh, you do think like me. It's always about food, isn't it? You're just typical Baptist. Okay, what's the second thing you might think of? Cold and snow, right? All right, pa- third thing, Packers, cheese, cold and snow. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. It can get cold up there. I remember when, you know, we had went up and for my mom's funeral, went back up there. You know, we, we left... Uh, we were in Mississippi at the time. Well, you know, we left Mississippi. It's December, so maybe it was in the 40s, 50 degrees. We get up to Wisconsin, get out the door. It's negative 20 degrees up there. Wisconsin's cold, y'all, and it snows a lot. What happens sometimes, though, is you know the sun will come out, and it it'll melt a bit of the snow. Like if the, if the road or the sidewalk isn't plowed or shoveled or whatever, you know, then that will get all clear. But you know, when, there, when there's a pack of snow, but the sun comes out, a layer of ice forms on the top and sometimes on the bottom or both, and it, it kind of makes for a, a very slick situation. You know, If you're not careful, if you hit that patch just right, you're, you're going to, you know, driving, walking, whatever, um, you're, you're going to go for a fun trip or maybe not so much fun trip as you go even if you have good boots or anything i mean you hit that icy patch i mean your footing is so unstable you 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 just are gone so here's the truth that the psalmist is trying to tell us in verse 23 god gives us sure footing he establishes our steps and he gives us sure footing so it says that he, that he establishes our steps, and the word means that he prepares or makes ready uh, a, a way. So, so God doesn't just kind of leave us to figure things out on our own. He has a way, a path, a journey that's ready for us. And, and you could say, I guess, to go back to the Wisconsin thing, you know, he plowed uh, a way ahead of us. He prepared a path for us, and he sets us on sure footing. So we're able to walk that path now, you know, having this path, having this established step, it doesn't mean that, like, you can look down the road and see exactly where you're going. Very rarely, you know, with God, do you know where you're going. You're just trusting Him uh, day by day. It also doesn't mean that there isn't problems. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean everything's going to be easy and smooth because sometimes there's trials and there's tribulations in the road. Um, but God has established a path, and He firmly plants us in that path and we do well to remember who's in charge of that path because it's not us right god is in charge of the path and he's with us in the path and that's how our our, our feet are established because even when there's trials and tribulations we remember what david said in another psalm very famous psalm psalm 23 even when we're in the valley of the shadow of death he is with us that's what the psalm says and so he's, he's with us, but it's his path. You know, the, the writer Solomon in Proverbs told us in Proverbs 16, 9, that, that the heart of man plans his ways, but it is the Lord that establishes his steps. God has a journey for us. And he's the one that sets us in that path. And he's the one that gives us solid footing as long as we rely on him. And so we've got to look back at at, uh, our passage, we've got to look back at, at, at our verse and see that there's a bit of a fine print here, something that we often overlook. The psalmist says that the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he, the man, the woman, delights in his God, that's God's, way. The Lord establishes the steps when the man or woman delights in God's Ways. We stay on this firm ground when we are following his ways and we are delighting in his ways. Our path is not determined and our feet are not on stable ground when we're the ones plowing the course, when we're the ones just kind of going forward with our own agenda. Because what happens when we decide, oh, I I got it now, it's mine. You know, if if we decide to take over or whatever, we're not delighting in God's ways. You know, we're no longer going down the highway that God has made for us. Instead, we're off-roading it in a mud pit. And so we get dirty and most likely we get stuck. And then we wonder, well, I don't understand what happened. How could things go so wrong? Well, you were doing your own thing. You were delighting in your own ways instead of delighting in God's ways, and you lost your footing. So let's flesh this out. How do we delight ourselves in the Lord so that we're able to enjoy the established steps of the Lord? First, we have to place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. He died for us. He rose again. If we're not saved by Jesus, we are not God's children, and... We'll never be on solid footing. We're always going to be on spiritual quicksand. We're always going to be stuck in sin and death and darkness and and just going farther and farther down. But God, through Jesus Christ, gives us light and life and sets us on this path. He establishes our steps. And even though I'm not able to see ahead where this path is taking me, I, I, I delight myself in the Lord and trust That God knows what he's doing, and he's going to take me where I need to go. So I delight myself in the Lord, and I remain on the path, and my steps are on firm ground. The ground is firm, and my steps are firm, because God is the one who has prepared the path and is leading me. God is the one who is walking with me as I take this journey. Because if I don't delight myself in the Lord, I stumble. I fall. Now the good thing is, even when we're unfaithful, God is still faithful. He doesn't just leave leave us alone. He still is is, is faithful and establishes our steps and is willing to reestablish them. You know, it it made me think about, you know, I'm not much of a a boat person, so when I'm on a boat, and I'm not talking a cruise ship, I'm just talking like a pontoon or whatever, you know, and the boat's going along, I have a hard time standing and walking and keeping my balance. Of course, that happens to me just on solid ground, too, sometimes, but you know, more so when I'm on, on a boat. And so they, they say, I guess, you don't have your sea legs. So I'm just all over the place, and then you know, even after you get back on dry ground, you get what's called disembarkment syndrome, where you're on solid ground, but your body still thinks you're on the water, and you're still kind of going, whoa. What's what's going on there? And still stumbling and and bumbling. My my feet are not firm. My feet are not established. And if I'm delighting in myself instead of God, my feet are going to be not established. I'm going to be bumbling and stumbling and 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 all that. And yet, nevertheless, God is still faithful. So He doesn't just. Toss us to the side. It doesn't like throw. It's like throwing us in a jungle blindfolded. You don't know where you are, or where you're going. You're you're lost and and all that. God wants His people to be established in the steps that He has for them, and He steadies our feet for this journey of life. life. But okay, what does happen though when we stumble and fall? When we get off the path? What, what happens when life happens, as the saying goes, and we're kind of knocked off kilter? We're knocked for a loop. What happens when when we fall? Does, does God leave us there? Well, no, so that's kind of the second lesson that uh, the psalmist gives us, because he does say that God picks us up when we fall. He doesn't just leave us down, God picks us up when we fall, and we do fall, and sometimes we carry the scars of that fall and but you know God doesn't just leave us there it makes me think of this um, picture that my parents have of me when I was a toddler maybe one one and a half years old so they had they had set up to take me to a studio you know that's what they did back in the day you know back in the day they didn't have phones just to take pictures you got all they got you all dressed up and they took you to a studio to get your picture taken, and so she, mom had this appointment made, so this, pic, know, the picture, when you look at the picture, there's me all smiling in this cute 1970s toddler outfit, if there is such a thing as a cute 1970s anything, but, you know, but there's this big band-aid right across my forehead. So what happened is, minutes before we were going to leave the apartment to get the picture taken, I was just toddling along in the apartment. I tripped and fell and hit my forehead on the corner of something. I think it may have been like a heat register thing or something. I I hit something and I was bleeding. So, I know that explains a lot, you know, that whole hitting the head thing. But, you know, every parent's dream get a nice professional picture taken of your child with a big band-aid right smack dab in the middle of the forehead now I mean I'm smiling in the picture so by the time we got to the studio I must have been alright okay. that or I was knocked silly you know, something but I fell did my mom just leave me there after I fell and I'm bleeding and? whatever no right she picked me up god does the same that's i mean that's a picture of life we're bumbling and stumbling we're toddling along in life and boom something happens and, and we fall even when we're on the established path of the lord we trip and we fall most of the time it's because of our own choices we may fall because of sin in our life something we decided to pursue but we fall we might, we might fall under the pressures of trials and, and troubles and tribulations, but that's part of the journey is we fall sometimes. But, but listen to what verse 24 in our passage says. It first says that even when we fall, whether it's our own fault or not, or circumstances, we shall not be cast headlong. That's the ESV. and That sounds weird to, to hear that. What it means is we're not going to be hurled, we're not going to be cast away. You know, remember, this is talking about a child of God. The psalmist is saying when we fall, when when we're down, when, when we're at our lowest point in life, God doesn't look at us with disdain and just kind of chuck us in the trash. God doesn't see us at our lowliest with a look of disgust and then toss us to the side. You know, the picture that came to my mind was old clothes. I mean, when some of your clothes get old and Worn and full of holes and things like that. What do you do? You just toss them in the garbage. And then you go on Amazon, you order more. You go to the store and you 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 get more. When things are worn out, you toss them. But the psalmist tells us that that when we're in bad shape, when we trip and we fall, when we are at our lowest, God doesn't toss us to the side. He doesn't throw us in the garbage. God doesn't look at us and say, Well, you know. I'll just create someone else to replace them. I mean, I can make all the humans that I want. I'll just make another one. No, that's not what God thinks. He has a relationship with us. He's not just going to, well, I'm done with you. He's not going to ridicule us. He's not going to you know, make us, we're already down. He's not going to put salt in the wound, kick us while we're down, whatever metaphor you want to use. He's not going to do that. You know, it made me think of like when our kids were small and learning to walk, you know, 10 months or, or whatever, you know, while they were learning to walk, I might sit on one side of the room, Trish might be sitting on the other side of the room, and, you know, they just walk between the two of us. But what happens all the time when they're learning to walk? They fall. I mean, boom. What a, so did we as parents, when they fell, start insulting them, ridiculing them? I mean, what's, what's the matter with you? What kind of loser are you? You can't even walk? No, we, we wouldn't say that. Pick him up, help him walk again. And yet, how has deism kind of worked its way into Christianity? And that's what we think of God. We, we fall, we trip, we go through a trial, tribulation, we're down. The devil's going to come along and start whispering lies in our ears. Well, you're a loser. God doesn't love you. I mean, if God loved you, you wouldn't have fallen. You wouldn't be like this. And we believe him. But that's not what Scripture tells us. Every child of God is precious in his sight. And so he doesn't just throw us in the garbage. What does it say that he does? It says that the Lord upholds his hand. The word means that we're we're given support. We're given something to lean on. So so picture this. Sometimes due to surgeries or health or whatever, we have to use crutches, we have to use a cane, we have to use a walker, we have to use a scooter, whatever to help us go along. We have a support to help us up. But Now the problem is sometimes those supports fail because they're not perfect earthly support is ever perfect it reminded me of back in third grade i uh, had a sledding accident and i broke my foot you know sledding down a hill going anyway that's a long story i i I seem to get hurt a lot don't i now that i think of it but you know i I broke my foot and so I, i was in a hard plaster cast you know they didn't have walking boots back in the 70s i guess And, you know, I had crutches. So I'm in the classroom, and, you know, the kids went out for recess, came back in from recess, whatever, and so the floor is wet. I'm crutching along. Well, the floor is wet. Both ways, both crutches went out from under me, boom, right smack dab on my face. Again, explains a lot. That support failed me, and all earthly supports will. But the psalmist says, the Lord will uphold us. It's the Lord who is our support. God will pick us up. God will dust us off. He will be with us. And we're able to lean on him and be established. He doesn't fail. But that's the thing. Leaning on the Lord is key. You know, sometimes when we fall and stumble, we look to ourselves and our smarts. And we look to others. We look to the world. But none of those things can hold us up. None of those things can sustain us. That's when, you know, we're like that old commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up because I'm I'm leaning on the world and I'm not leaning on God. Well, take the hand of the Lord and let Him lift you up and let Him support you. How do we know that's true though? How do we know that we can trust Him? Because God has shown His faithfulness in the past. He's shown it to others and we got so much of that recorded in Scripture but if we're truthful to ourselves God has been so faithful to us in our past as well and that's why the psalmist says in verse 25 I've been young now I'm old yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. I've lived this whole life I've been young now I'm old I look back on my life and I have seen how faithful God has been God has never forsaken me. God never forsakes his children. But then, you know, God shows his faithfulness to us, but it's not only for us. So the third and final lesson is that God shows his faithfulness through us. Because not only does God show his faithfulness to us, he shows his faithfulness through us. Verse 26 says, he is ever lending generously and his children become a blessing. The child of God receives the blessings of God's faithfulness, but then he does so so that he can turn around, she can turn around and be a blessing to others. God can use people to be the tool of picking someone up, setting them on the path, upholding them. After we have experienced God's faithfulness in various ways and His goodness in various ways, we turn around and show that goodness and faithfulness to others. You know, why we as a church celebrate Purple Sunday is to take a day to remember the mercies of God. Everyone here has been touched by the goodness of God. You might be going through some stuff right now, but there has been times in your life when you have been touched by the mercies and goodness of God. So just, you know, just because we have been touched by God's goodness and mercy, that doesn't mean we don't have trials and problems and everything's perfect. Oh, look at me, you know, we, we come to church, and we put on the face and the mask and everything's perfect. No, what it does mean is that when we remember God's goodness and we see God's goodness in our life, we get outside of our little bubble and we remember God's goodness, we then are the tool and the conduit that God uses to bless others and, and show his goodness to others. Whether it's, you know, God has shown mercy through salvation, God has shown mercy through healing, God has shown mercy by bringing a family member to faith, his provision, just drawing breath, God has been so good. And so he's shown us these mercies so that then we in turn can show others these mercies. You know, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, they're going to be shown mercy. You know, when, when we are the tool of God's mercy, we're fulfilling our, our role. We don't hoard God's faithfulness. We don't hoard God's goodness. We become a conduit of that faithfulness. We share that faithfulness with others. You know, it makes me think of one of the blessings of being a pastor, because everyone knows that pastors like to eat. And so there's a lot of good cooks and stuff and bakers and stuff here. And so quite often, y'all will come and and bring us some, some treats, some sweet treats. And I may not give you enough thanks for that, but let me tell you right now, God bless you and thank you for all the sweet treats that you bring. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. But then you bring the treat, I'm put in a conundrum. Do I share those sweet treats with my family? Or do I hoard it all for myself? The struggle is real, and some of you know the struggle is real because you specifically come up and tell me, share with your family. Yes, ma'am. We'll do. We'll do. do. But if I'm not given specific instructions, sometimes I share, sometimes I don't. They're going to start searching in my office, like, what is he hiding on, on us? You know, that's fine to struggle with that for treats, but that should never be a struggle for us when it comes to God's mercies and faithfulness. Those are always to be shared. You see, God has established your steps and has carved a road for you and has allowed you to go through the experiences you have. He's allowed you to fall and he has lifted you back up and supported you in, ways, in, in the ways that he has so that you can turn around and be his tool to do the same in someone else's life. Because maybe there's people who are going through or have gone through the same things you have gone through. There, you have experienced something in your life, you have fallen and God has lifted you back up so that then when you come across people who have gone through the same exact things you have, you are the tool God uses to bring them back up, to lift them back You know, you ask, why, why is the road so rough right now? The answer is so that years from now, you are a conduit of his mercy and goodness and faithfulness. God might want to show, you, show through you that he has not abandoned those saints. He has not abandoned that brother or sister, but we've got to get out of our self-centeredness and comfort zone and allow God to use us that way. That is our God. This is so far from deism. Our God is a relatable God. Our God is a faithful God. And and there are some who needed that reminder today. And, And maybe you need to come to the altar today and pray that it really hits home in your heart. Or today, just celebrating what it is that we're celebrating today, you just want to come to the altar and thank the Lord for His faithfulness and the blessings that He has shown, the mercies that He has shown you. Just come to the altar and thank Him. But the greatest faithfulness and mercy is that he gave his son to save us from the due penalty of our sin. Jesus died to save us, and if you believe in him, you're given everlasting life, and so maybe today, while I'm up at the front, you wanna come up, just like you know, Shantae was talking about, that, that pastor was up there, and, and her mom came up and said, I wanna be saved. I wanna know Jesus. I'm there, I wanna tell you about Jesus. So come and, and believe in him today. Because our God is so faithful and good and merciful. We do think of the song, Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Harvest Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at harvest-baptist.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also find info on our children's ministry on Facebook at Harvest Baptist Children's Ministry or on Instagram at KidsQuestHBC. Our student ministries on Facebook at HBC Vertical Student Ministry.